Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Oh, here we go, boys. Go. Love that sound. This is a good one. Joining me today on the Full Scale Outdoors podcast is I'm gonna try not to butcher this name, but Jenny Putins. Yep. Did I do it right? <laughs> they said it right. Yeah. Yes. You did. <laughs> awesome. All right, the Z just kind of tapers off there. I like that. So mm-hmm. I, you caught my attention on social media when I saw that you had started this adventurous, or am I saying, no, I'm not saying that right. Yeah. Adventurous. Adventurous, yeah. Magazine, like actual print magazine, which in the day of print media is kind of like dying out, or most people would say, so you're taking this large challenge i feel like and tackling it head on and then you know i saw that we had shared multiple um friends on social media and in the industry so that's where i kind of you caught my attention start following you and looking at your posts and really like your posts and what you're doing there so with that said let's i'm gonna give you the the table and (laughs) walk us through walk us through like conception to to today like where you're at like um yeah i guess just that like just bring us up to speed like how you got here and uh the challenges that you face uh yes thank you um so adventurous is it's an ess ending for women it is actually the only women's hunting and fishing magazine and um i'm actually celebrating my 20th issue now which is a very big deal um quarterly magazine and I actually 
started it back in 2014, um, first launching it as a free digital, um, digital only magazine um, for 16 issues. I did that and then recently relaunched it at the beginning of this year as a high quality print magazine, um, which there's so many challenges with what I'm doing. I'm definitely going against the grain for today's world and the industry in general, but I'm, I'm glad to be because I, I don't know if you've like read a lot of digital magazines, but I don't find joy in reading them. And I want to help people get off of all the digital stuff more than on it. So, um, so there's a something about prints um, and also with today's social media, we're really being controlled online, you know, Facebook and, and Instagram and stuff are, are really attacking the outdoor industries with not allowing, you know, a lot of things with hunting photos, um, you know, gone or, you know, anything like that related. Um, they really limit that. Um, so with prints, you're not limited in that way. And um, I can also have this, you know, be, what it is, which is very um, great role models in it. Um, every, all the articles are written by experienced outdoor women. Um, the, the niche for it is very informative articles, but yet it's, it's something that anybody, it's, it's created for women, but it's something that anybody can learn from, um, which it, with how it's designed. So, um, so yeah, like I said, it's going against the grain, but um, I'm very proud to be in print and to be celebrating the 20th issue. That's awesome. Well, congratulations on that. That's a huge milestone. And I just want to congratulate, I just tip my hat to you for just taking on that challenge, but you must have had a bunch of naysayers and detractors when you came up with that idea. Did you experience that some pushback? Well, I don't think it's necessarily um, pushback on the idea itself, but it's just how I create the magazine is not how the industry has been supporting women. You know, um, back in the day, especially like all the media that you would get for women in the outdoors were things like um, how to take your girlfriend hunting or uh, my first buck stories, which honestly to um you know experience outdoor women was kind of a slap in the face to be honest because um it's just you know personal stories where they didn't actually know very much of what they were doing we can all admit that as a beginner hunter i think um and you know things like that that are just um not giving women credit in the outdoors so it's been very different with that also um, you know, with just what the outdoor industry has featured um, in the past has been a lot of, you know, a woman showing her body, um, wearing a bikini, holding a gun or a fishing rod, you know, and this is 100% against all of that. These are, these are real deal outdoor women and everything is very clean and respectable with, um, you know, great role models for um, inspiring youth and um, people getting into hunting and fishing for the first time. That's that's awesome. I mean, and it's again, that's another uphill 
battle. I mean, not necessarily, mm-hmm. but the easy, the easy end of the industry, right, is like what you alluded to. You get some scantily clad woman out there and in the outdoor space and it just it gets a bunch of clicks it gets a bunch of eyeballs for sure you know and i've had i've had other uh women on the podcast and that you know that subject always kind of comes up you know i talked to um um nicole stone and she was like you know at the end of the day it's biology you know she's like i could be mad at it all i want but that's the reality and she's like i don't do it but i'm not going to tell somebody else not to do it you know and i think the ones that are interested in the true like outdoor experience or know what they're doing. Like if you're just a pretty face, it you're going to kind of, I think you're going to lose followers. Like you might get the initial clicks, but it's not going to be sustaining if that makes sense. Like, um, and you can quickly see, you know, game recognizes game and no, no pun intended, but like you can quickly see when somebody knows what they're doing. You know, and that, mm-hmm. that just goes for everybody. You because like, there's yeah. there's plenty of, of guys that try to you know, oh, I'm gonna start a hunting page or a fishing page or whatever, and then you know, you get like three, four scrolls into their page. You're like, dude, you know what you're talking about? Like, what 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 is going on? And so, you know, I think that that part is good for sure. Yeah, and I think you draw you attract the right people too with that. Oh yes, definitely. Um, I think that's a good way to put it, attracting the right people and the right attention. Um, I also like to take note thing of, of the thought that just if social media, just the world crashed or we just all of a sudden had no social media again, who would be the people still doing exactly what they're doing right now on social media? You know, like those are your, your real deal. Yeah, that's a good way of putting it that if if you can never share a photo again would you still be out there doing what you're doing and you know there's some of us that that's you know without a doubt we'd be doing the exact same thing but i think there's other people that definitely wouldn't do it if they couldn't get attention oh 100% and i find like i probably honestly don't put enough on my social media in fact i've had people tell me that things how i have a podcast and you know, uh-huh. I have a guide service, and like, you don't advertise yourself for shit. And it's like, well, I mean, I'm out doing it, you know. And and sometimes I, you know, post. I'm in the mood to post, but there's plenty of times where I'm like, oh, I I probably should have taken a picture of that fish, right? I should have done a post about my hunt today, or or whatever the thing might have been. Um, but I kind of do it when I feel to do it. I don't like doing it because I have to. Yeah, I agree. It's hard to keep up with social media. And it's also very time consuming. Like, even though sometimes it's like, you think, oh, you know, a post can just take a couple minutes, but there's a lot of times it takes a lot more time from you. Um, And so, um, yeah, it's a time consuming thing. And it's, it is hard to keep up with. Definitely. You think about doing it the right way in air quotes, where people are like, you know, you post, you post at this time of day and this time of day and this time of day and <laughs> these hashtags and you got to do this and you got to do that. And it's like, it's just like, all you're yeah. doing is managing your, your algorithm. It's like, you're, are, are you really enjoying what you're doing? And I'm sure there's a happy medium in, you know, somewhere in there, yeah. a happy balance where you get to do both, but there's a lot of times where I just like, I just don't feel like it. <laughs> maybe that, maybe that means I'm lazy, you know, cause I do gotta, I do gotta like give props to the ones that go out there and like self film hunts. Like there's so much preparation. Those are so hard. 
And if you yeah. can do them and you can do them well, like that, that is really, really impressive because the few times I've sort of kind of tried to do that, it's usually a monumental failure. So it's, yeah, kudos to mm-hmm. anybody that can pull that off well. Um, but yeah. for me, I just, man, I just like to, I just like to do it. <laughs> just like yeah, to- there's definitely like I experience it too, like a social media burnout. Um, but my thing is, uh, well, like you said, that you know you want to make sure you're enjoying it. So like I don't want it to take over my life. <laughs> of course, there's a lot of stuff I'm still not able to post, but I do love sharing my outdoor life so that hopefully it you know inspires other people to try these things or just um again as a good role model for the outdoors and stuff like that so and I think that that all ties back to adventurous with that that's the type of person I am that I I truly um love trying new things and um you know, sharing experiences and, and adventurous is very much about inspiring people. Yeah, for sure. I want to get your, like your history, your hunting history, like who brought you up, but I wanted to say, and you can probably speak to this way better than I can, but I think women are one of the largest growing demographics in the outdoor space, you know, women and people of color for sure, who are stereotypically kind of in the outside looking in. So with that said, like, what was your, who was your mentor or who got you into the interested in the outdoors? Yeah, so um, everything with women is just completely booming and growing. And I've actually heard some statistics of how like they're the only growing statistics Mm. uh, for the outdoors. But and that's both on hunting and the fishing side. Um, It is really amazing um, with that trend. And also another trend is that there's so many women groups getting together, like women have really um, kind of learned that power of getting together and, and doing these outdoor activities because um, it is such a different thing than learning from men or being grouped with men. There's just a huge difference with that. Um, but yeah, how I got my start. Um, so I actually started shooting a bow um, when I was back about three years old, um, as soon as I could. And uh, my dad is an avid bow hunter and Uh, outdoorsman and I also have an older brother that's the same way so I truly grew up with the lifestyle um, and that's how I live today still is very much it's it's completely an outdoor lifestyle um, which you know is different than if you just go hunting or fishing every once in a while like we we really live it and so I love that I grew up that way and that I continue that and um so so yeah it's always been a part of my life and um especially bow hunting and archery has been a big part of it and um i'm always growing and learning new things so um you know recent years i've uh gotten a hunting dog and and started you know bird dog hunting and um you know things like that so my outdoors is also always changing <laughs> you just you, you seem to like challenges i'm picking up on I a trend do. here <laughs> yeah jump right into dogs like oh my gosh how um when did you move from iowa so yeah i just moved about three years ago oh, um, man. from southern iowa to northern minnesota and so it's that's what i'm talking about with my my outdoors changing um back home 
I mean, I devoted all fall hardcore bow hunting deer and um, I love passing bucks and having history with them. Um, and so then up here, you know, everything's completely different. <laughs> yeah. I had the bottom of the pole with like, oh, the water, it's, it's different woods, it's different water, it's just completely different type of deer hunting too especially um but since I haven't been able to bow hunt up here as much being new and you know not having the same you know things at my fingertips with with land and um you know tree stands and help with all of that um like I said I I got a dog two years ago and started training him and so we really got into grouse hunting I never grouse hunted before and um so that's a major thing and we also do a lot of camping with our grouse hunting adventures and um I still try to squeeze in some bow hunting um and then also um turkey hunting with a bow is a huge uh, passion of mine as well um so I still go home for spring turkey season um in Iowa and um so, yeah. So many, so many bow hunters right now, whitetail hunters are like, wait, you left Iowa, <laughs> which is like a Mecca for a lot of people. Uh, and mm-hmm. they, well, they definitely, Iowa definitely thinks their deer are laced with gold or something. Cause those tags are not cheap <laughs> for a non-resident. No. Oh. oh my goodness. Yeah. So I'm waiting to get a, another buck tag, but I, I think a big part of that for me, because I mean, I, I understand how some people are going to think that's crazy. Um, uh, I think a big part of it for me is I've, I've tasted both sides of, um, you know, I've, I've been the hardcore bow hunter, which, which I do absolutely love. That's been an extremely hard thing for me to give up, but I've also, um, I've been very successful with my hunting. I've been extremely blessed with some of the things I've been able to accomplish that, um, you know, a lot of people wouldn't be able to accomplish their whole lifetime, let alone men. And I've done it as, you know, a younger woman. So I'm really grateful for that. And um, since I have harvested an absolute buck of a lifetime with my bow, I can also say that, um, you know, looking back, um, it really changed me. I, I was that person that that goal meant everything to me, um, to make someday. And once I did, I look back and I'm like, it is more about the journey than it is that goal. It it truly is. So that is part of why, um, I have been able to let go of that a little more, but like I said, it, it is very hard for me. I kind of go through a down spell every fall when I don't get to bow hunt enough. <laughs> <laughs> well, depending on how far north Minnesota, yeah, the, the hunting up here is not that great. I'm in Orr, Minnesota, so I'm pretty far up there in the yeah, like the road that's set where I where I'm at. It's like the north side of the road is uh, bucks only. And then if I want a doe, I have to hunt on the south side of the road. So it's like, it's crazy. Okay. It's, yeah. it's pretty and wild. I, I have, I, I just established only one tree stand up here so far. So that's very different from back home. I had all sorts of, um, uh, with my family and stuff, you know, we worked together for all of our tree stands and 
and stuff like that. So I had plenty of options to play the game back home and up here I don't I'm just stuck to one tree stand so I hate that but (laughs) I have actually um already had some really good success up here I just haven't um chosen to take a shot at a buck yet but um so I'll I'll keep working at it (laughs) well yeah I mean if you got that experience um the confidence how big was that that buck of a lifetime Oh yeah, he's well. His score actually doesn't sh- um, showcase him. Um, he was, uh, what was he? So non-typical, or is it typical? <laughs> yeah, he was a non-typical. Um, I'm trying to think of his exact. Um, well, listen, if it's over eight points, you've already got me beat. I am not. I am not, not a great whitetail hunter. I'd be the first person to say it. Full of mass, um, and you don't get you don't get uh, credit for mass with, uh, you know, off of your main beams. So he actually, everyone always thinks he looks like a 200 inch buck, but he was like 180. So oh, only 180. Psh, what, a, what a loser. I can't, believe, I can't believe you didn't let him walk. He would have been really big next year. <laughs> yeah. He was actually um, really just uh, eight. I had three years of experience or history with him. And, um, so he was actually originally just like a mainframe eight with two little kickers, um, you know, like crab claws on the front. So I named him crab claw and then, um, he just kind of blew up with mass and all over. (laughs) I I assume that that picture's on your Facebook somewhere. Um, yeah, it's like, I think, let's see, is this my sixth? I think this fall is my sixth anniversary with him. So, so yeah. Oh man, that was a while ago then. Yeah, like I said, I I haven't been home even for the last three years, so it was like. Man, I gotta scroll. Fish, 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 fish. Gotta go through the seasons. (laughs) My uh, my phone is exactly like that. It's like in the summertime, it's like. Pass, 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 pass. <laughs> <laughs> it's a winter. It's like, oh, there's some panfish. There's some panfish. Oh, there's some ducks. Must be back in the fall. <laughs> it's like uh-huh. you can you can go through my photos as like a calendar of like the seasons changing. Oh, that's not yeah. you. That's your dad. That's I look back for photos and all by season too. So yeah, it's it's kind of fun to go down that. Um, down that path. In fact, I did it today uh, with a buddy of mine, a Jimmy from, he lives in Michigan right now. Well, he's from Minnesota, but he lives in Michigan now. And we were in South Carolina visiting my brother. And we were just going, like, how long ago was that when you got that big amberjack? And we were just going through that. And we were a year off. It was a year. It was, a, I don't <laughs> even remember now. I was like, ah, I don't remember. 2020 or something like that. I was like, oh my God, that was a long time ago. Mm-hmm. I'm not seeing it right now, but I'll have to look for it later. Okay. It's in, um, oh, not the stories, but what are the like little feature things that you can keep up top? It's in those features. If you in your in. reels or? No, not the reels. There's like under Facebook, you have those features that stay up there. It's oh, there. sure. Yeah. I'm just on your page right now and I'm not seeing anything. Okay. Whatever. I'm not. I'm not gonna get crazy with it. I'll find it eventually. Everybody should go <laughs> check out your social media and like it. Anyways, it's <laughs> the whole point of this. <laughs> to... I do an anniversary post of 
have oh, there you go. Here. That's so perfect. I'll do that at the end of October. <laughs> there you go. Perfect. They can see it. Yeah. They go check you out. So what are your big, um, what are the goals? Like, is this like, are you kind of just in it right now and you're going to ride this wave or do you have, are you building up to something even bigger? Cause you seem to like challenges. So I assume <laughs> there's something yep. else. But I really hope to continue um, with adventurous. Like I said, it's the only women's hunting and fishing magazine, which I think is really crazy. And, um, you know, a lot of the other things that have been done are just, um, you know, not as respectable or crediting to women. So that's, that's a very um, big deal to me. Like, I'm very, very passionate about this in a way to share the outdoors in in this way with people. And um, I get a lot of reviews, you know, too, that the the woman of the household might have the subscription, you know, but the husband also reads it because even though it's created for women, um, it's still something anybody can learn from. It's still a high quality outdoor magazine as is. Um, so guys enjoy reading it too. And I also get reviews of the kids reading it as well. Um, so I mean, it has great photography and design and, and again, it's just a very inspiring magazine. So, um, so that means a lot to me. And, um, I just, I need subscriptions. I need help with continuing this. Um, it's, it's a very hard, hard journey. And, um, so need to continue, um, having help spreading the word and getting subscriptions to, uh, be able to keep it going. And, you know, what I'd love to have someday is, um, you know, maybe have, be able to have a small team of people to help me. Um, that's another thing that is really crazy about the magazine is I do everything, um, completely by myself with adventurous and, um, and that's, that's really hard. Um, so I'm very stretched thin with that. And that's always a challenge. Uh, magazines are normally whole teams of people. And that's right. That was, that was kind of my follow-up question was like, well. <laughs> who gives your, so you're putting these panels together. You're doing the whole bit. Everything. Yep. And other than, um, that I reached out to women with ideas to write something. Um, and that's another thing that is different about adventurous too, is, um, there's not a lot of outdoor women, right. Uh, and, uh, so that's something that I, I'm full of ideas and, um, I follow a lot of people on social media so that I know who is experienced and what topic. And so I actually, most of the time are, are starting from my idea and I'm reaching out to women that are experienced in that topic and that they have the photos and then I write for me, which, which being women usually scares them. They're nervous. <laughs> and so I just settle them down, you know, I've got your back and um, that, you know, share your knowledge, share your experience. And then I, I've got their back to, uh, to make sure it, makes, it looks good. So that actually works really well for the magazine. And I think it's so neat because then women get a start if they want to continue writing um, or sharing their outdoor experiences in that way. And also um, just that these women are, are able to get featured, you know, that 
they they wouldn't have that opportunity otherwise. There's so many, um, there there's so few opportunities for women, you know, to be on a hunting or fishing cover or to write an outdoor article, you know. Um, so I think that's really neat that they have a chance to to be on a cover, be featured, and again in a very respectable, crediting way. Well, Jen, I'm going to put you on the spot right now because we just had so I'm a, I'm a board member of a nonprofit called nonprofit called Future Anglers of Minnesota. We just had our annual okay. golf tournament, raised a ton of money. It was uh-huh. awesome. People were crazy generous. One. one of our future legends that we awarded this year is Chloe Thorson and she's just an amazing young woman. She um has already like interviewed some of our other past future legends like she's she loves all that. Like one of her goals is to be, you know, like the next Laura Shara or, you know, like she, that's what she wants to do. And uh, she's like, has already written a couple blog posts for uh, Minnesota or for future anglers of Minnesota. And I told her, I'm like, well, I have this podcast scheduled. I will drop your name <laughs> <laughs> and maybe she could be a kid contributor to the magazine. I don't know. Obviously it's up to you. But I would love to make that connection and have you guys talk. Okay, yeah. Um, have Chloe reach out to me. I'd definitely be open to that. I would I would definitely do that. She'll be <laughs> stoked. She's already on cloud nine right now. Uh, right. <laughs> we we kind of pulled the same thing we did last year. We, normally we just have one kid, but last year we had two kids, and then this year kind of the same thing. So she wasn't the first one announced, so she was a little disappointed. She didn't get it, but she's like, well, I'm going to work even harder next year. And then (laughs) we're like, well, actually, we have another one. And she announced it, and it was, you know, it was awesome. It was a good time. Good. And, yeah. That's something in my eye, you know. I wasn't – I definitely wasn't crying. (laughs) (laughs) That's another good point, too, is um, that uh, Adventurous makes a really great gift, too. Um, You know, I hope – parents will uh, think of that as an idea, you know, to, if there's kids that have interest in the outdoors or they want to get them more interested, um, Adventurous is a really great way to provide them with something um, as well as, you know, gifts for any outdoor woman in your life. You know, if guys will uh, please subscribe as well with a gift to, you know, their wife or their girlfriend or their mom or their sister or whoever they know that's an outdoor woman woman and like I said kids and um so yeah it's a really a good thing overall and um makes a great gift for people yeah for sure and hopefully um you know we have we have a lot of moms and grandmas and um supporters in future anglers in Minnesota and they're getting mm-hmm. their kids to our clinics and stuff like that. And they're just great. So hopefully Good. if they're not aware of adventurous, they will be now. And I'm sure that they will, they will subscribe. So uh, just a couple more questions yep. and we'll kind of wrap this up, but um, I just want to pick your brain a little bit more. Uh, mm-hmm. Like, so you're always into hunting and in Iowa, I assume you're fishing, but the fishing down there and the fishing up here, you know, whereas, Very- you know, whitetail hunting might be better in Iowa, <laughs> but the fishing isn't. <laughs> so. Yeah, it's been very different. Um, fishing up here has actually a lot 
harder and more challenging than I thought it would be. You know, I thought the same thing, like, oh, the fishing is going to be awesome up there and that it will be a, a big plus. But um, it's hard when you're not originally from somewhere. So growing up, I know where to go and what to do uh, back home. But when you're new here, um, it's hard learning a new lake as well as there's lots of new lakes. You, um, when you haven't grown up here, you don't know exactly where to go and what thing and what to do. And it's been completely different fishing, um, you know, just with species. Um, I wasn't, you know, very in depth for walleye and not much for pike at all either. Um, but also just the water is a challenge. Um, there's so many big lakes up here that I'm not used to. We just had small lakes back home. Um, and, and really in Iowa, it's, it's farm pond fishing, uh, very much of that. And so, uh, that's completely different for open water because I've never had a boat. And also for ice fishing, we literally carried everything. We walked everywhere. You know, we didn't have snowmobiles or taking anything else on the ice for a vehicle. So with up here, um, it's been great, but it has been hard learning because I feel like uh, very limited because I don't, again, I don't have a boat. So big lakes can be, um, you know, hard for me. Uh, and then also with um, ice fishing, I'm very into ice fishing, but I don't have a snowmobile. So sometimes access is kind of impossible. And <laughs> believe me, I've tried to push myself very hard <laughs> going as far. I could in deep snow and you're just, you're limited. Um, so that's one thing that's very, very different up here. I love it. And it is, it is more challenging, but um, when you have limitations like that, it's, it's very hard. Uh, I feel your pain. I mean, I have a four wheeler. I don't have a snowmobile, but I really need one. Uh, Cause I just <laughs> moved up to Northern Minnesota last, um, I should say moved back to up in this area last fall. Okay. Um, and yeah, that winter was brutal and a snowmobile would have definitely been better to get me some access. And I'm on the mm -hmm. shores of Pelican Lake, which is a large lake. I do have a four wheeler, except for the people that are familiar with this podcast have heard this story. I got mm -hmm. that thing stuck. I was trying to get to a remote lake, early ice. So there was, there was ice on the lakes enough for a, an ATV, but apparently... Mm -hmm the trails that go through the bog swamps were a little more protected and not as frozen. So mm -hmm. I ended up getting stuck. And by the time I could get back to it to try to get it out, it was frozen in. Ooh. I was not able to get it out. That thing sat there all winter long. Oh. And <laughs> I had an ongoing, <laughs> ongoing drama. I'd go in and check on it from time to time. And I'd get, <laughs> I'd get random messages from people all the time. Like, did you ever get your four wheeler out or how's it? We need a four wheeler update. And I mean, I made the best of it, but yeah, I was on foot and I'm Dang. like, well, I'm not going to not ice fish. Right. So, mm -hmm. and I couldn't up here, I couldn't even really use my truck because uh, it's really not, there's not, nobody's up here plowing roads. So yeah. we had so much snow that I couldn't even really use my truck to get out on a lake. So yeah. I was walking yeah. everywhere. I'd walk a mile out through the snow just to go fishing. Like, yeah. One way. Yeah. <laughs> I've definitely pushed myself on that end and then um, have pushed myself um, when there is, you know, plowed roads. Um, 
I've taken my Jeep out, but I've still gotten stuck before and had to embarrassingly ask for help. <laughs> it's happened to everybody. I, you know, no, there's no need to be embarrassed. <laughs> like it just happens. And last winter was brutal with the slush. And oh God, if we could just, we've had so many winters recently where the slush has been a problem. If we could just yeah. have a slush-free winter, this is yeah what it's I been- ask. Yeah, the last two years, which I, two years was when I moved um, actually to Hibbingen. So it's been hard since I've been new here with that because last winter, yeah, it was a, like a great winter, but there was so much snow. So that was hard for ice fishing. And then the winter before, I swear it was negative 20, like the whole winter. And I felt like being a new person up here by myself, like I couldn't just risk being out there in negative 20 weather on a lake i didn't know you know yeah pr- so, probably not smart and i know it's not smart because i do it myself so yeah <laughs> it's so, up here running around really, solo yeah. same thing it's like this probably isn't wise here i am getting <laughs> stuck in the middle of freaking nowhere <sighs> yeah so not my proudest moment but at least i entertained people <laughs> my, with my misery so there's there's that but yeah i'm hoping this year to uh get a snowmobile that would be amazing yeah. because i definitely have some there's some things up here i want to check out for sure and they're very remote um mm-hmm. but yeah you're down in the hibbing area there's there's quite a few smaller lakes down there too down in that neck of the woods well um, it's hard um it's hard to learn the area being new <laughs> true so, i mean it, so- i mean the fact that there are multiple uh, options makes it tough too. You know, it's like, ah, yeah. where, where do, where do I go? What do I do? Small, there is still a lot. <laughs> right. Yeah. No, you're, you're not wrong. <laughs> no, it is. Back home. Right. So. so what do you, what do you like to fish for? What is your, like when you go, is it different open water to ice? Cause it is for me. Like I, I love to fish for bass, but then once the, once the lakes lock up, I kind of switch to panfish. Yeah, I do love fishing for bass. That was something back home. Um, soft plastics for bass are um, were always my favorite. Um, we had just large back home. And um, so also with being such a major hunter, I never fished in the, you know, really spring season and definitely not in the fall season. So I literally was just summer bass fishing or ice fishing for panfish. Um, so up here now, um, of course, I've gotten into walleyes. Uh, I would like to get more into pike. I love catching pike up here since we didn't have, um, you know, pike and tip-ups and stuff back home. Um, since I'm used to panfish back home, I'm not as excited for panfish up here but of course that's always a great meal if you can get into them um but yeah i've kind of switched gears more to continue trying to learn more about walleyes and um so that's probably my main thing i target right on. uh well let's um let's go ahead and give everybody how they can get a hold of you uh your social medias uh, obviously they can order the magazine, which is what we want everybody to do for sure. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, um, they can go to adventurousmagazine.com. Again, that's an ESS ending for women and, um, and also find adventurous magazine on social media and everything to follow that. Um, but again, this is a, a really 
this is a really unique, good thing. And um, I would really appreciate your support and your subscriptions um, in helping to keep this going for um, outdoor women and having this available in the industry. And also, I would like to say thank you for um, Minnesota, since I, you know, me not even originally being from here, um, I have had so much support from the state um, and locally. Um, so I'm really grateful for that and uh, appreciate your support and any um, subscriptions. And so thank you. Yeah, well, I mean, I feel I feel like Minnesota does have a pretty strong uh, female outdoors um, influence or people that yeah. enjoy it, you know. And another thing that's been really different for me, um, you know, I, I grew up in the outdoors back home and I, I love, you know, the Iowa outdoors. I really do. Um, but it was different for people. Um, people didn't tend to really live that lifestyle as much. And I don't, I don't know why, but up here, it just seems like people really grow up with, um, you know, kind of this more outdoor perspective of it, you know, like it's not, even if somebody is not a hardcore hunter, you know, they um, are used to, you know, everybody getting together and go um, gun hunting together for the season. Like that's a big thing up here. And I think people just kind of grow up with the outdoors as a more acceptable thing and four-wheeling and snowmobiling and, and fishing. Um, so that's been a wonderful thing for me is I really never had um, a lot of friends back home and up here. I, I feel so um, accepted and um, feel like I fit in more. Like I, I really, I feel like I fit up, fit in up here where I didn't back home. And then also I even started an outdoor ministry where I do um, events for uh, all sorts of fun outdoor activities, which has really uh, gone great. And people have been very, you know, excited about that. And it's been a wonderful thing to uh, have and be a part of. So, so yeah, I just the, the atmosphere for people are just very much more geared about the outdoors here. Yeah, well, awesome. it, it definitely is a lifestyle, especially in this neck of the woods. But I think you're right. Statewide, it, it, Minnesota seems to definitely have that persona, at least once you leave the Twin Cities area anyways. But <laughs> is that, have you dipped your toes into the foraging waters yet? Um, a little bit, yeah. I've actually gotten into um, chaga. I just found a puffball the other day. Nice. Um, I do a lot of raspberries and blueberries. Um also wild plums i just got done with with that um so yeah i do all of those things and some of those are new to me up here so i definitely miss morel mushrooms those aren't up here like they are back home but they're, they're uh, up here but they're different and i'm learning <laughs> that too because even in the it's even different from southern and central minnesota than it is up here you know so i, I only found two this last spring but i'm um, hopefully I'll just and, get back uh, out there and figure out where they're at up here. And Yeah, so so again, my outdoors has changed, but I've also replaced it with a lot of other things. Like, I love blueberry season up here. Oh, so it was a good year for that, too. Spotting chagas. Yeah, spotting chaga. And so, so, yeah, I'll continue learning with that, too. Yeah, good stuff. I love all that. I love the foraging. I went down that rabbit hole quite a few years <laughs> ago now, and 
Morels was kind of like the gateway drug, right? Like once I learned like chanterelles, I was like, wait, there's another edible wild mushroom. And then like, oh, Mm -hmm. I mean, there's a bunch of different wild edible mushrooms. (laughs) Like I'm all in. And then all sorts of wild greens and roots and berries. And like, it just never ends in medicines. And it's like, wow. Leeks is another thing we didn't have. um, So that's another one that I've gotten into. But yeah, with the the mushrooms, um, like, when I was back home, I, I just kind of decided that I would try to learn a new mushroom every year. And so that's what I had done for a number of years to get better at that, which that was really neat. So I had also done like golden oysters and pheasant back. And like I said, puffball and morels, um, had tried, you know, different stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So, um, so yeah, sometimes it's good just to have a goal of learning one new thing at a time and look for that and and go from there. So any excuse to get out in the woods, which we sounds like you and I don't really need an excuse, but we still find them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Jenny, thank you very much. This was uh, awesome. I uh, hope nothing but the best for you and your magazine. I'll I'll do everything in my power in this end. I love being a platform for other people, um, and that's that's kind of what I. I want, it's kind of what I'm trying to grow. You know, the, the full skill has been around for four years. Um, it's gone through some changes. It's, I feel like it's still going through some changes and, and kind of, that's kind of what I want is I, I want it to be, you know, a place where kind of a, you know, can a, a springboard or you're not a jumping off place, but a springboard, I guess, you know, another tether, another network. Um, you know, as I am a member of the Waypoint uh, podcast group. Um, we're on the Waypoint TV app so you know I'll try to get your name out there to some of the other Waypoint podcasts and maybe they'll reach out to you and get you on and tap into their networks as well so anything I can do I I will Uh, do not hesitate to ask and you're you're always welcome on the show anytime you got a big announcement or just uh, get a wild adventure and you want to call up and have story time we can definitely do that okay I appreciate it Dale thank you you bet we'll talk to you later 